Hello, I'm Chelsea Poe, and you are listening to my podcast, The Performer's Pod. Um, If you're new here, this is a space for performers to talk about our industry in a real way that we usually aren't given in the press. This is one of my favorite people in porn I'm interviewing today. It's Rooster. You might know them from Sluts for Sluts. You might know them from all their activism around creating more consenting adult sets and just making porn an overall better place. Um... First, if you want to support this pod, you can become a monthly member of my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Chelsea Poe. Um, so a little bit about the podcast today. Um, Hello Rooster is an intersexual, intersectional feminist performer who has led the push for creating Performer's Bill of Rights and guidelines around consent on set. Um, we talk about art porn in Berlin and how influential it has been on both of us, their work with Sluts for Sluts. And the first time we met in London after someone threw a bottle of piss at me when I was lost. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. to um, have Rooster here today. You're honestly one of the most genuine, nicest people I've met in this whole industry. Um, Thank you. Like, there's so much, like, craziness, I feel like, that goes on in the porn industry, and you have people in it for all different reasons, and, like, people can be, like, really hostile, and, you know, there's all this, like, kind of politics I can get caught up in it, and honestly, out of the whole porn industry, you're one of the most genuine people I've ever met. <laughs> And I just really adore what you're doing. And I, um, I first met you actually at your house. It was in London after the porn film festival there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember it. I think I remember. Yeah. My, I, I, so I lived in this, um, sex worker, queer, trans POC house in, in South London, um, if that's the one I'm thinking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was it was such a hub, um, and yeah, we were trying to kind of create something uh, which went well to a certain degree, but then life happened and people left. Yeah, it was. Um, I felt like my entire night in London because I had a separate screening from the porn film festival there. Um, it, we were like trying to epically find your place and we were like raining down like people's like apartments and they were like you need to go away and stop bringing apartments late at night it was only like nine or something but like <laughs> it felt like this like massive search across all of London to like get there yeah I feel like yeah it it, it was in a very kind of I would I say middle class like yeah kind of like yeah, lower middle class, uh, yeah, middle class uh, kind of um, area in South London. And yeah, a lot of um, upper tea <laughs> um, people who were on our street or neighbours. And yeah, it was, even though a lot of kind of queer people were moving, because it's very far outside of London, a lot of queer people were moving to those kind of parts because the centre of London was so expensive um yeah we still kind of like got a, a lot of um what's the word um pushback from you know invading into like upper tea middle class um communities <laughs> um yeah and nine o'clock is so early but yeah you, you know you have <laughs> yeah they um so during the process of this someone threw a bottle of piss over a fence at us Oh no! Yeah, what? it luckily it like narrowly missed us. I was in a group of like three people, and yeah, that was like my first night in London, like exploring the city. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. For you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, so, did you get into porn in London? Um, I'm trying to remember how did I get into porn. It, I feel like it's been such a long time. Um, yeah, when did you start? So I think I remember, yeah, it was like late 
2016. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I, I was mostly doing um, escorting uh, prior to that, and I had a lot of uh, sex worker friends and um, sexuality and and exploring my sexuality and porn and sex positivity always kind of like interested me um and i think you know like uh, working as a sex worker at a time uh out of like financial need and then i think much later on it wasn't so much out of financial need mm -hmm. or wasn't financially dependent um but at the beginning it was um and then uh this kind of when I started around 2016, there seemed to be this kind of rise of um, queer POC porn and stuff like a kind of, uh, would I say a re-insurgence or something, um, a kind of revitalization. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just wanted to kind of be part of that. Um, I always kind of admired the porn, um, the Berlin Porn Film Festival, mm -hmm. um, always seeing it from afar and always wanting to go and visit. Um, but one of the things that I saw that they were lacking in their screenings was a lot of kind of uh, people that um, I felt represented, you know, representation of my identity. Yeah. Um, so like POC, um, trans non-binary um and queer um on their screens um so i felt there was a little bit of lack there um so i you know i thought um uh, yeah maybe i could <laughs> go and help um be you know part of that um in berlin and i also admired a lot of uh pink label stuff like um uh crash bad and uh shine louise houston's kind of work and actually before going or before starting in the industry um that year or that summer uh shine louise houston and uh just lee had like um a um it, it's this weird word I, i'm trying to remember the word um but they had some sort of exhibition at um at uh um the Tate Modern, a major kind of art uh, gallery in in uh, London, and I I went there. Oh yeah, this was the the the, the term. It was called a pedagogy or pedag ped whatever fancy. Ped I have no idea. Way over my head. <laughs> I feel like, or when I looked up the term pedagogy or whatever ped, um, it's like a kind of don't quote me on this but I feel feel it's like a kind of a is it educational something educational something um uh, but yeah they they kind of like uh labeled their work like a pedagogy of like I think sex and intimacy and like porn and it was kind of looking at it from a pedagogy kind of lens mm -hmm. um and meeting shine and stuff and then um and yeah, like just kind of seeing their work in, I guess, this institution, um, uh, this, you know, modern art institution and Tate also has like a classical art institution was quite um, interesting. And then later on that year, I think, yeah, in October, heading to Berlin 2016, um, October 2016, heading to uh, Berlin for the Porn Film Festival that was kind of my introduction into porn. Um, I had um, uh, some, yeah, some friends who were uh, really well-known performers, um, uh, Parker Marks and uh, Lena, who I didn't know at the time. Lena um, yeah, Lena Bembe. Um, but uh, there was a company called I'm trying to remember their name now. <laughs> um, I can't remember their name, or it will come to me. But they um, they were like a husband and wife uh, duo, um, very small company from Australia, um, and oh, they yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh. Yeah, 
it will it will come to me yeah. they were sh shooting um they wanted to shoot um like a, a threesome scene uh focused on like a like women's pleasure and stuff like that and it, they wanted it to be like a bisexual kind of male kind of scene and stuff like that um but i think because a lot of stereotypes or um stereo not stereotypes a lot of stigma within the industry um about bisexuality but particularly i think um within i think straight porn and stuff like that mm. um that um i think a lot of performers shied away from that but i entered into the industry to kind of like I guess shatter <laughs> shatter that yeah also um, coming in through the industry like through Berlin is like such a you're not that's so overtly queer I feel like it's such a difference um because you're the first person actually from Europe who I've interviewed on here and I really want to try to get use about the industry from all around I feel like the Berlin like porn scene and what the film festival means is like it's such an artistic view of porn as compared to like what's in the United States and like LA where it's just so glossy you want all the angles you want to see penetration in Berlin like there's so many things that you almost wouldn't even can traditionally even think of as porn that are represented as porn yeah that's what I really loved about viewing from the outside in at the Berlin Porn Film Festival what really excited me was yeah there were you know porn in so many different ways and it wasn't just always about sex you know there was porn through animation like stop stop and stop frame animation like you know um 2d 3d animation there was you know documentary there was fiction it was like explored in in so many ways and it wasn't always reliant on like you know set like a yeah it was very different expressive ways and I was just like wow this um and I I treated it like a film festival it's you know it's on for yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. like a week of you know screenings from you know the afternoon to like late to and you know like yes yeah, a.m or something every single day yeah and I made sure to go to those screen you know getting there around like midday and going to trying to see as much films for you know at least what six seven days or eight days like you know going trying to see as many films as possible um and yeah never feeling once kind of like oh i've seen too much sex and stuff like yeah. that because it wasn't just always about sex um, it, yeah. or it, there was different expressions of that yeah it's really i don't think i would still be important if i didn't go to the berlin porn film fest because it really like in the united states porn is like obviously it's huge industry and you have events like AVM and stuff, but it doesn't really appreciate the actual medium of porn, like Berlin. Like you're going to see full sex scenes in front of an entire crowd of people and then have a Q&A about that sex scene. That doesn't usually happen in the United States and like how porn is depicted here. Even like your biggest stars aren't getting like that treatment of their work as you like it. Mm with so much importance on like the actual medium of porn I think that's why it's like so important yeah um just having you know um the performers knowing performers and directors and crew and the rest of the cast on a different level like humanizing them and seeing them at Q&A's or seeing them just as part of the festivals and yeah. going to other screenings and supporting other people's work was great it just it, it it takes away that stigma of porn and humanizes performers and I I met so many people that I admired and idolized I met you who I I like had the first one and that was like one of the coolest experiences being like wait so you guys all make porn wait you all have like good politics about this stuff and you hate yeah. this shit and it's like wow I'm not alone like in the United States I felt like I was crazy because I was like yeah like I want to speak about anti-fascism and stuff and make porn and like do it like really explicit weird arty stuff and I didn't yeah. feel that way until I went to Berlin and I saw stuff like fuck the fascism who's like literally decreed <laughs> yeah you're like, oh my god you're the coolest thing in the world like yeah that the yeah um 
those filmmakers are amazing like just going what to different cities and just <laughs> fucking you know like fascist statues or like desecrating you know fascist monuments and stuff like that oh, right. and literally like using sex yeah like having sex in these you know um monuments that have a lot of colonial or brutal history behind them but it's still there and being like you know fuck you fascism um which is fucking incredible and even i think during was it that or a few times they've organized those kind of um uh filming events at different festivals like i think maybe that first year i was at the berlin film festival day in 2016 they organized like okay let's go around berlin and like <laughs> desecrate some fascist kind of um it's uh, so great and it's just yeah. like so needed i feel like there needs to be that mm. like, and i mean seeing form. your film i've seen like um a few of your films where again like the way you've also um i can't remember the name of it but you you kind of go from uh, different country, like I think Berlin to somewhere in Denmark, and uh, you're talking about I think Trump coming uh, into power and stuff. And um, oh yeah, my documentary thing. Yeah, yeah, like that was, yeah, the storm. Yeah, that was incredible. And again, I, I saw it at uh, one of the festivals, and I was just like blown away how again there's like so many incredible filmmakers and having um, like. Um, a degree in filmmaking and being inspired by so many incredible talented artists I was just like wow this this is so like amazing um, this needs to be given much more of a platform yeah I'm, I just love that there's so many different queer people making such cool stuff in that like particularly in like the Berlin scene is everyone sees each other's stuff as opposed to like the United States where you can be nominated up against 10 people and you're all in the same category and none of you have seen each other's work and it's just like <laughs> a very different experience. And I just feel like the whole scene in all of Europe just has this like very, we can just do it on our own kind of thing and really yeah. just making cool stuff that doesn't have to fit in any specific box. Um, you were involved yeah. in one of those collectives. Um, Sluts for Sluts, I feel like made so much cool stuff when you were doing that yeah so um yeah what Chelsea said where you know coming I was yeah living in this kind of queer sex worker house um in South London and out of that house kind of grew like a collective called Sluts for Sluts where we yeah made some DIY films um yeah DIY porn films um and we we're kind of on on a break now. <laughs> Maybe we might come back, but yeah, it was very. It was a really great time. Um, but again, it, it's very. It is difficult to kind of keep the energy rolling and stuff. Where you know we are. Yeah, I mean, currently we're in a pandemic, but you know, life just also just hits at you in so many ways. But it was great um, during that time. Like the you know the films that we were able to make and the people we were able to meet. Um, you know, we collaborated with uh, Chopper Films and did um, um, a few films with them. So, yeah, it was uh, really incredible. Yeah, we did a screening tour together. Actually, I have a poster of one of our screening dates on the wall right here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun to screen with you guys because you guys have, like, I just loved your guys' work so much. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the whole pandemic has kind of stopped the entire industry. Have you, when's the last time you were on set? Um, shooting porn? Um, a while ago. Um, but also because of like various other reasons, which, which maybe we can go into yeah, later. Like, can um, but yeah, um, I think it's been... I mean, I, I've been focusing more on uh, self-produced work instead of, um, I think when I first kind of came into the industry, 2016, um, where again, like my first um, shoot was with uh, this small company, uh, Bright Desire. Mm. Um, and I thought, 
a lot of the work I would get and stuff would, or I, I was, or what I had my idea of the industry then was either there's like small companies and kind of work towards the bigger companies. Um, and a lot of what I was surrounded around was, yeah, a lot of like feminist ethical porn um, companies. Um, so, you know, maybe the bigger ones to work uh, my way towards was, you know, like Erica Lust and stuff like that. Um, and then kind of, I don't know, at some point realizing, you know, along the way, it's maybe much, not harder, but there's not enough consistent work to even um, just solely rely on uh, those big companies because they're not even big as they seem. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, posturing, if you like. Yeah. Um, it, like what you see from the outside, they might seem very big, but they're actually fairly small and stuff. And um, starting to invest more into yeah, self-made and DIY stuff, which is how Sluts for Sluts uh, kind of uh, came out and, you know, working for other um, amazing um uh, productions and stuff or collaborate in yeah like with trouble films and um other people um and now also uh particularly now focusing on more um content share or content trade or self-produced uh, work rather than um yeah so i guess when was the last time I went on set was maybe one of my own uh, smaller productions. Like, um, I think, yeah, six months ago um, when there was like a window of um, no pandemic. Well, <laughs> it wasn't no pandemic, but it was more like, okay, it's the summer and maybe the heat will kill all the COVID stuff. So <laughs> we can all go out for a few months. Um, but then, yeah, we soon realized that was wrong. But um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, shot some stuff with um, a few performers, like some fairly new uh, performers, um, but also like an amazing performer that I've always wanted to work with, but never thought I'd get the chance to. Um, Sasha uh, Desaid. Um, oh we yeah. Together, like last, uh, during the summer last year, which was like incredible. Um, was that like your dream scene or do you have a like yeah like really want to work with yeah like we um it all kind of <laughs> it all just kind of came together on the day like a little bit before the day and on on the day um uh, it was very kind of self produced and self made but like what came out of it was like really incredible and um the energy from her and stuff like I really loved our kind of dynamic and stuff I think we did like four scenes in one day oh my god we were even, we were even pushing for like five um wow. you got that's a hell of a content trade day <laughs> yeah yeah and I I was surprised at myself but like we worked really well and it wasn't even like draining it was yeah it, it was fairly easy and I'm surprised I'm surprised how much content we kind of made and very a lot of variety and yeah there were a lot of kind of kinks and stuff that I like to explore in my personal life that we were able to do and then um uh the same for her and stuff and then I think yeah there was uh we were gonna do another thing but then we were like oh does that are you even allowed to do that on um <laughs> <laughs> on uh like clips sites and stuff is yeah, it like one of the it, banned content so yeah yeah it's very so much lately like every clip site is revising i think like weekly so it's i don't know i've just been like posting whatever i've been posting and then it gets taken down i kind of deal with it then but yeah it's so hard to keep track honestly yeah um yeah so that was um the last time on set, uh, I would say like relatively six months wow. ago, but um, I'm also planning something with um, Pandora Blake um, uh, to do like a, again, like a kind of queer, maybe decom 
decolonized kind of spanking scene, oh wow it's amazing which, yeah it's really interesting and some yeah we've been kind of like plotting and like oh how do we yeah do something like Pandora that. is such a great person to work with there yeah. honestly so amazing I worked with them um last time I was in the UK and it's just such a great experience they're like I feel like I've always been really into BDSM, so I've like known about them for I feel like a decade, and they like in a scene like live up beyond that, where it's just like, wow, I'm working with Pandora Blake right now. This is amazing. Um, I mean, I feel like I was like that with you when we worked together. I was like, oh my god, like someone that I've just like admired and crushed on, and yeah, what well, like Twitter crush was what the film, yeah, <laughs> which is you know like it was yeah like a, you know. A, I mean, it was before Twitter that I, I, you know, admired your work and stuff. So, Aww. and then to find, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, I've been like, I've definitely had a few starstruck scenes as well. When you like work with people who are like legit famous. When I worked with Bailey J, that was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like even just being in the room with her, I was like, oh my god, she's <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's... What is your favorite place to shoot? Favorite place? I... <laughs> I don't know what I can say favorite place to shoot, but I've definitely shot in some odd places. Um, you know, I've shot in... Um, in a... So, like, in the UK, like, we have sometimes, like, you might just randomly, you know, there's like little parks or little green spaces like down a side street or behind some, you know, some buildings, you know, behind some houses that you wouldn't even think there was a green space. And sometimes some of those green spaces have an old cemetery that, you know, is not used anymore or, you know, has, has been there, been disused for many years and stuff. And it's just, you know, been turned into this green space. So, um, I worked on this project for um, this film called Tribute, um, directed by Max Disgrace and mm-hmm. uh, starring Max Disgrace um, and Lena Bembe. And it was in this um, disused, like, slash abandoned uh, cemetery. Um, but also, which has a history as being a, a kind of queer cruising. Um, space and stuff like that and has a lot of history um, around um, another film Um, it was a tribute to I'm trying to remember the film I'll I'll do a little google and find out the film but there was this film uh, which our film is a tribute to about a kind of like lesbian cruising spot um queer porn thing um so our film kind of replicates that and kind of uh you know max who's uh non-binding trans and lena and stuff and um you know this kind of yeah um cruising you know queer cruising uh thing which yeah um and it was very interesting shooting there and you know having to pause a few times whilst we film to kind of like patrol the area and make sure no you know dodgy people were like <laughs> who were trying to either interrupt our shoot or who were trying to I don't know I mean there were some people who were spying but were keeping the distance and which was great but you know those who were being a bit too yeah um so yeah it, that was very interesting like um um sex club etiquette where it's like you can be <laughs> but not that yeah yeah where it's like, step back a little bit um then there's um i've shot in like a back of i is it a convertible maybe not a convertible but it was definitely some sort of sports car with bishop black where it was like a sex ed um film but it was like in this two-seater sports car. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's me and Bishop Black. But then it's the director, the sound person, and the camera uh, person. So all five of us in this two-seater, and me and Bishop are still supposed to have sex in this two-seater. So, you know, they were kind of in the boot 
the three, you know, the director and the camera person and the sound person. I don't know how it worked, but we oh, wow. somehow we somehow managed to. And this was it wasn't it wasn't um, it was a it was luckily it was parked, but it was also parked in a really the back the back of some flats, um, some houses with not that many lights. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like oh, wow, that is half scaring, half like okay, what's Wow, so that is like out in the world somewhere. You and Bishop Black, like <laughs> sex scene in like a sports car. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh, just to say, yeah, the the film that we uh, tribute was a tribute to was um, uh, Annette uh, Kennelly's uh, "Sex Lies Religion" uh, oh, okay. film from nineteen ninety three. Yeah. The best decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we all just want to go back. And see <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel those are some memorable kind of, you know, uh, places. Yeah. I'm, yeah. See, I just like being in places where, like, I know there's a lot of other porn being made. So, like, Berlin Porn Week. Like shooting during that, shooting during ABM, where you're like, wow, there's hundreds of other people shooting right now. <laughs> I'm also doing it. Like, I love that. I don't know why. Yeah. Just knowing that there's yeah. a bunch of porn being made right now. <laughs> yeah. And just the excitement of also being able to see that porn that's being made. Like, you can, like, there's been time, yeah, like, I've met people after they've shot some stuff, maybe when we kind of come back to the uh, the screenings or the cinema and then you just see the smiles on their faces and you're like, oh, what did you get up to and stuff? And then, you know, they describe the scene and stuff and you're like, oh, I really wish I could see it. And then you you have to, you know, wait uh, like a few months and then when you see it, you're like, okay, yeah, I get why you had that smile <laughs> on your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been really like inspired to edit during Berlin where I'm like there and then I see a film and I'm like, oh shit, I need to get on my shit. Because I'm just <laughs> so inspired by it. I'm just like, there's so many cool people making porn right now. I want to work on more porn. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I always have this juggle between like wanting to see all these incredible films, but then also knowing that this is the one time when there's, you know, so many incredible people descend for you know this one week or one week and a half in town where you get to collaborate and shoot content with them so you're like okay i want to i really want to see this film by this incredible filmmaker and this person i admire but then i also want to shoot content with this incredible person that i admire and <laughs> you know um so you're like always kind of like having to your your choose between hard yeah hard what dilemmas or you know hard choices um i feel like the coolest part about the berlin porn film festival is i feel like it's equally like people who aren't porn performers who like just really like porn and mm. it's their vacation to go to <laughs> a bunch of porn and like go to clubs and do that crazy thing and yeah. there's like production companies and like producers and directors who go into berlin that week and they're like i'm gonna make a movie yeah, yeah. You can really do so many things there. And I think it's like such a special thing where yeah. there's and not anything like it in the world. Yeah. Like, and it holds like a special place in my heart because that is where I made my first scene, like my first porn scene. And then, you know, I, yeah, going my introduction into this world and stuff. And then going back again and again. And um, it kind of being like, a place of family and stuff like that um, and community and in a way I feel like because of various other issues I felt like I've almost lost the part of community because yeah I, I no longer not that I don't I no longer have the Berlin Porn Film Festival but f f some things have kind of changed for me where yeah it's um, it's not uh, like it was for me in the past but I you know I I'm 
I think it's still like a great place, you know, for so many other people to, you know, experience. Um, and it, yeah, there's a lot of kind of like amazing films and content being made and amazing people passing through. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, it fills my heart with so much um, joy that knowing, you know, so many people are going to be there. But also a lot of like, not FOMO, but um, when I know I can't participate, I mean, not that I can't participate, I'm not banned from the festival, but yeah, yeah. I've kind of like, you know, I, I, I think I closed the chapter, was it la not last year? I think two years ago, I kind of closed the chapter of ever kind of like, going to the Berlin Porn Film Festival again, which was, you know, which was, is, was a sad kind of time, uh, part of my life. But it was, it was also like a, a necessary decision for so many other reasons, not particularly for the Berlin Porn Film Festival, but for others. More similar sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I, but I, many of situations where I'm like, I like this space, but you're taking money from people who I personally have some disagreements with. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, like it's, um, yeah, it's still like incredible and yeah, like I, uh, I think there's, yeah, great kind of content and people, yeah, it's a great space for people, especially because London Porn Film Festival was trying to be like that, but London as a city is not like Berlin where there is cheap venues or not even cheap venues or there is like venues for, um events like this to happen and then london as a city is so large that it's hard to even travel places and 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 expensive and stuff and berlin i feel is like such a special kind of thing um and i i've there are a few other like festivals i've been to around the world but also in europe that are uh, similar vibe, but maybe to Berlin, but maybe smaller, like Le Fet du Slip in uh, Switzerland. Um, uh, yeah, Hot Bits in uh, Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like. There's now almost like this whole circuit of festivals now. Mm. And it's like, if you don't want to be involved with one, you can be involved with two other ones. Almost. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, I feel like even when I would first started like doing screenings in Europe, um, like I guess four years ago now, it felt like it was usually you had to do it yourself or know a promoter. And now it feels like it's mostly just festivals where there's nearly every European city. It feels like it's starting to have their own festival where it's like, uh. okay, there's, the one in Poland, there's the one in Vienna, there's the one in Switzerland, yeah. there's the one in Rome, there's the one in Nice. Like, it really feels like it's just uh, kind of become an all-over thing, which it's going to be interesting to see how it lasts after the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Also, yeah, which happened? is... Oh, go Sorry, on. Go, go ahead. Oh, also just what happens to Berlin, like, are the these super cheap rents gonna stay after this whole pandemic thing. Yeah. You know, Germany is not in a great spot with the vaccination. So it's like, will that scene still exist whenever life for yeah. normal? Yeah, it's, it's, I have a lot of um, anxiety about the future and stuff and about queer porn and queer community and, you know, the possibility of, you know, this bubble, this kind of like resurgence or whatever, you know, happened where, yeah, like there were all of, I think, and maybe a little bit before, but definitely 2016 when I uh, was entering the industry, yeah, there was, you know, yeah, like the, the festival in Vienna and all of these festivals popping up and stuff. And it was like amazing. And now to kind of, and they were just kind of getting more and more people and funding, like, you know, Le Foot du Slip got funding from, you know, the Swiss government and stuff like that. Um, yeah, all of these kind of things, Hot Bits was growing year by year and 
you know, started to have screenings in other, not just in Philadelphia, but all along like the East Coast and stuff. Their full plan for 2020 was basically all in North America. Like, <laughs> like Austin was on it, like yeah. in Canada, like Nashville. Like it was really, I yeah. feel like queer porn right before the pandemic, it was getting so big that it was like, yeah. I don't know what the cap for this whole thing is going to be. Is it going to be... Like, yeah it looked so promising and now that the pandemic has hit and things have moved online not so much successfully or you know I think people were struggling to kind of get into the groove of things um and I think some people have found their footing um but now things are easing off and now people have to find their footing back into the real world it's kind of like uh you know now that we kind of come back from a virtual space to back into a more physical present space, who has kind of suffered and, you know, how do, you know, yeah, what is the transition? What, what are things going to pan out and stuff like that? And whether too many people have burnt out or have, you know, uh, have mental health or, you know, affected in different ways or, yeah, or don't have, you know, the income or whatever to kind of pursue it anymore. Um, I'm yeah, I, I have a lot of anxiety for the future of yeah, what of that. Um, I feel like I have hope in one thing, mm -hmm. one thing only. Everyone who's still in this has more of a way to self-produce now. Because I feel like the one thing yeah. during the pandemic has taught us is these studios aren't going to be there when there's real shit going on. Because they're going to be like, yes. oh, we're cutting productions, we're cutting directors, we're doing all this stuff. Because in reality, yes, when we all come back, I think there's going to be a lot more content trade. And I think that was happening before where you can shoot a movie for, you know, you pay for a nice hotel room if you want to make it look nice pay 150 bucks, split it with um, your scene partner, you can shoot a full film out of three scenes, you know? Mm, like, I feel like yeah. it's so different with things like mini vids now and just, yeah. there's so many more platforms than there were, even when you that, started in 2016. Yeah, now that you say that, you've brought the hope back. Maybe because <laughs> I'm very, I'm a pessimistic, that's why I didn't see that. But now that you say that, and you've highlighted that I'm actually like actually yeah there is gonna there you know so many people do, did OnlyFans and jumped on it and in a way like sex work was more normalized because a lot yeah. of people who weren't doing it before and stuff and maybe there is a lot more interest or you know potential audience after the pandemic to kind of even be more into coming into those physical um, uh, festivals and stuff and also a lot more content has been produced and a lot more people know so yeah, why am I thinking so? Why am I full of so much anxiety? I mean, thank you for opening my eyes. I, I like bet you're a godsend. Wow, yeah, like, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just at a different stage because our BSF's at a different stage of this, like all positive and stuff. Um, but yeah, I. I feel like that there's now like a song that won Grammy, a Grammy references OnlyFans, the Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion song. Yeah. Like, and there's like Disney stars going on OnlyFans now. I mm. feel like in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Just like Caitlyn Jenner didn't matter. <laughs> but like for people in like small towns who that's like their only depiction of yeah. it might be the thing that makes them be like, oh, yeah, it is pretty dumb. We have like sex work criminalized. It should be decriminalized. Yeah. And I mean, I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, I I just saw a, a report today that is it the whole of Manhattan district or something like that. Um, definitely, it was definitely in New York City um, that they're going to stop. Um, they're going to wipe away all, or potentially. I think I, I I don't think they've decided um, all the past kind of like sex work um, convict not convictions but like 
ones that were still kind of like in the system mm -hmm. like waiting and stuff like this and maybe not pr prosecute anymore so like it's a it's a in terms of decriminalization and a lot of things like there's a lot of awareness and yeah there's um a city and actually my home state of michigan that um decriminalized sex work um the wow. city of ann arbor um it's where the university of michigan is um yeah they decriminalized sex work i think it was maybe like six months ago is it right in the middle oh, wow. of the pandemic that they they're that's like amazing. yeah we're not going after sex workers anymore so that's wow that's incredible it feels like i don't know i'm hopeful that there's more hopeful stuff coming hopefully yeah. but, i mean thank you for opening my yeah <laughs> i didn't i didn't see it yeah it's so hard to see when there's so much I, yeah I think there is also a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. So I think it's both. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, I have no idea when I'll ever be able to go back to Europe again. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know when I can go back to Berlin. Like, yeah. as soon as, like, last year when we had this window during the summer, like, I think the month of August or whatever, where I things kind of opened up. I had no yeah. idea. We didn't have any. Oh, okay. You, I, all bad until, like, <laughs> You get vaccinated, then last week, I'm like, oh, wow, I can, like, go out to eat. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I literally left London, as, you know, and went to Berlin for, like, about six weeks. I was just, like, I'm gone. As soon as they kind of were, like, okay, you can fly now. I was, like, gone, went to Berlin, caught up with everyone, and, you know, had my fill, and then had to come back because then they were shutting things again. So that was, yeah just before the Berlin Porn Film Festival and stuff. Wow. I'm like, that sounds so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of like doing, going to Berlin and like shooting. Wow. It's so amazing that you got to do this this year. I haven't been on a porn set in over a year. It's, I think it was, I think we shot like February of 2009, um, no, 2020. So I think we're for you? I think we're gonna get back in like two months. Okay. So how how's that been for you? Like, um... I've been shooting a lot of remote stuff. Um, okay. I shot an entire like um, BDSM training thing over Zoom. Um, we oh, did different wow. shoots and like the Dom like sent me packages and stuff. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, it was really fun. Um, definitely different, but I do webcaming, so it wasn't that big of a jump. Yeah. What are some things that you want to do in your career that you haven't so far? um like sexually or just in general it could be anything yeah either one if you want to take it deep you can but i'm not gonna yeah because i i to go deep i guess because there was another question that you had which i don't know whether it's th this is the question or whether it's different but it, it was like something like um what is something that you wanted to try but haven't or something like that? Or is that a different question? Was that a different question? I, I don't know if I asked that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Maybe I did. Um, yeah, this could be like something that you like want to do in your work. Like if it's like you want to shoot a specific kind of porn or if you mm. want like loftier things to be like, I want to win this or screen here or do that. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't like my work has kind of segued into into a very different space from you know when I entered the industry like that kind of first second year when I was in the industry like was kind of I don't want to say it kind of I hit like a peak and now I'm like I came down but I feel like it did kind of uh, I you feel know, like we all that way. <laughs> um like yeah like i you know i made some like incredible films um uh had some awards you know had like i think heartthrob of the year at like toronto uh international porn film festival and stuff like that um yeah there was like a lot of highs i think in what 2018 and stuff like that from like the last two years of um my um yeah the beginnings of my um career and then things changed because of a traumatic thing um in the industry which i'm still like navigating um, which has been going fairly well recently um 
but like uh because of actually because of that traumatic thing i i rediscovered i or not i rediscovered i discovered this uh work uh called like intimacy coordination which um i'm now kind of focusing more in exploring and an intimacy coordinator is you know someone who oversees like intimate scenes in pornographic or non-pornographic films that they're more known in non-pornographic film uh work yeah hbo has one in the states i yeah it's like i think the reference point here at least Mm, uh what like euphoria and yeah 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 i think they have it for all their sex scenes now yeah it's like now uh a demanded uh, yeah, a requirement. Like actually, SAG-AFTRA, the union in the states for actors, it's um, if you're on a, any SAG-AFTRA set or whatever, yeah, it, it's required. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, there's been too many kind of traumatic abuse kind of things within. Well, not just the porn industry, but like in life in general. Uh, that has been highlighted um and i think intimacy coordination well particularly for film which is an area that i work in i work in uh, non-pornographic and pornographic film um can help maybe mitigate that um so that's a lot of the work that i'm exploring now where i feel my work has kind of changed i am still creating and making content but I'm more selective of the content that I make, or not of the content that I make, but maybe more of the people I make it with. Um, I think I've always been selective of the content that I make <laughs> um, in general, um, um, where, you know, uh, the content that I, I've always strived when I first entered the industry was to be very uh, highlighting, marginalized, you know, queer people of color, um, uh, trans and non-binary uh, bodies in in uh, this particular area. Um, um, so any kind of work that I do, I try to kind of uh, bring more representation of that. Um, that there can be you no know, black, queer, um, trans, non-binary um, performers in the industry. Um, and that we do exist. Um, but um, yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of focusing on, you know, wanting to work with people that I really admire and, you know, taking time, not just pursuing anything and everything. Um, but I also understand I'm from, uh, I'm quite privileged in that position um well one yeah i'm quite privileged but there was also a traumatic incident that kind of incited me to kind of you know have to take a step back um um, where i couldn't yeah uh, yes yeah yeah Yeah, that makes sense where you're really Mm. just doing the things that you're fully committed to right now where yeah. It's like if you have a gig offered, you're gonna jump on it. Which yeah. some people like the people who do live fully as performers and they're like that's how they make their rent. Like I understand why you have to do that, but I feel mm. the same where it's like I don't wanna just jump into some like random straight scene <clears throat> that I maybe would have before because I'm just like particularly post pandemic, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, do this risk for a usual rate. For mm. like a scene I'm not fully committed to. Mm. I think that's like what's so great about self-producing because you really it's all mm. on you. Your value, what you value is gonna be your project, and this is gonna be the thing you're gonna have to yeah. probably for the next nine months. And you know, you kind of <laughs> have to figure out what's right for you with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I feel, yeah, the pandemic has really yeah, helped me to figure that out you know or made maybe some of the decisions that maybe i didn't want to make they, it's made it for me um yeah. um yeah whether that be financial whether that being you know <laughs> um 
yeah, cutting off, yeah, like access to, you know, job opportunities and stuff like that because not being in particular countries and stuff and having to figure out other means and stuff like that. Um, yeah, which has been good. Yeah, like I'm, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this whole pandemic, everyone has just basically been in the same place for so long. It really makes you figure out what you're doing stuff for and really your intentions, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone has kind of changed and has a different perspective after all of that, you know? Mm. <laughs> so what do you think you're like most proud of from your career that you would like put up on a shelf right now? you've accomplished a lot you've you know really? and i mean seriously think your work has literally toured around the world like that's really impressive like <laughs> it's not a thing that happens to everyone yeah i mean i feel like maybe um because most of the time like one of my gripes like um because i a lot of my experience before entering the industry was behind the camera. Um, I feel like sometimes, yeah, like performers are not appreciated as much. Like there's definitely uh, directors I feel or production companies are given more fun f fanfare than uh, um, performers some, sometimes or the majority of the times, depending. Um, and particularly in like European porn, that's the case. Yeah, and it's even though we do get to do panels and stuff like that, sometimes yeah, I feel like you know the directors take up you know center stage and stuff, and performers or the rest of the crew are not recognized as much or not given you know. Um, so yeah, like I, I guess like I, I, I don't that realization or that kind of like, oh, actually, yeah, like a lot of my work has kind of like toured and stuff like that. But because that, I guess, realization of fanfare was not coming to me. It was either, you know, uh, watered down from the director to me, <laughs> whatever was left over or even given notice like oh this your the film screened here they told me two months later after the film yeah. screened, you know, then it's like oh okay i didn't know okay it's gone <laughs> you know like um yeah so but i i am proud of that um and i'm proud of uh like through one of through i think one of the big traumatic things that happened during my you know my period in the industry was um was which kind of then kind of prompted creating um and co-authoring uh guidelines and a code of conduct um slash uh, uh, model bill of rights um, at Eric Lust Films. Um, I think that was really something that I'm proud of. Yeah, that's um, important. And I'm really proud of the work that Eric Lust and I recently, or, or since the last six months, we've been kind of in like a transformative justice mediation process, mm. which has been, I, I, I feel, you know, after dedicating sometimes three hours a week or sometimes eight hours a week to us just talking um, and each kind of like exposing and sharing the hurt and pain that we've been through during our conflict over the last <laughs> several years. Um, I don't know of any companies or, you know, big companies uh, at their level who have been willing to kind of go through a process, especially a transformative justice process um, regarding, you know, allegations of harm or allegations of abuse or whatever, um, and try to repair that. 
Um, and I'm really grateful of that with the, the, the work that we've both done in trying to repair that harm and hoping, and then hoping to try and repair the community harm and hurt that we've also impacted mm. on the community. Um, it's not complete, but you know, there's hope to do yeah, that. Yeah, there's a there. Yeah. that's um, going on. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, like, the Model Bill of Rights, the Code of Conduct, the Ethical Guidelines at Ericola's Films, I'm really proud of um, this uh, mediation process and transformative justice. I'm really proud of, and then finally, um, this uh, a chapter in a book um, called the book called "We Two Essays on Sex Work and Survival." Um, I wrote a chapter about my experiences um, and my thoughts regarding ethical and/or feminist porn, um, I'm, which came out earlier this year. Uh, 2021, um, which I'm really, really proud of as well. Do you think, yeah, I guess this is kind of a deep question, but do you think ethical porn, quote unquote, like the whole branding thing, do you think it should exist? No, <laughs> because I feel... <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. If, Ethical, well, like one, ethics is subjective. Completely. Um, and to ethic, to be ethical is an ongoing journey. You never arrive um, at ethical. It's, it's not a destination. It's a continual strive. So to even label, you know, it seems contradictory to me to label your porn ethical because how yeah you cannot yeah. arrive at ethical, you know <laughs> i also feel like one of the other issues is like it overtly tries to pit what you're doing compared to like mainstream mm. porn yeah and then assuming what's going on on mainstream sets well there could be very good consent on this set because they have a female director and she used to be a performer I feel like that dichotomy is something I hate so much. I feel yeah. especially in like press about ethical porn, it's awful because they like make you want to be, they like want you to say it basically be like, this porn is good, other porn is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like just by simply defining, you're saying, well, then everything else that is not ethical is bad. Yeah, like they're, yeah. they're not ethical, which is like, uh, Ethical is like one, yeah, subjective and also like, you know, you can be feminist, but you could also be really shitty. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like trans exclusionary, you know, um, racist, you know, like, yeah, okay. white feminist, you know, so, um yeah, and even mainstream porn could, you know, like, uh, you know, could have, like, better pay and stuff like that. Like, what, you know, if you kind of, like, uh, determine or define ethics as better pay and stuff like that, and, you know, mainstream porn, which you've deemed as not ethical, but they are paying <laughs> fairly sure, and stuff, yeah. <laughs> but you more. as an ethical company are not, like, well, then <laughs> who is the ethical one, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's always the companies that are claiming ethics who are the ones who, like, then act yeah. like, oh, well, we can't be doing anything bad, we're ethical, and it's, I feel like that's almost been my duty going into interviews, is to be like, I need to just talk about how ethical porn isn't really a thing. Yeah. Just a yeah. branding thing, so yeah. thank you so much for talking, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Everyone's taken this in a very different way. So let's say you could wake up tomorrow and one thing could magically be changed in porn. Totally solved, totally different. What would it be? One thing. For me, I think it's always like, it has to be about trauma and abuse and like boundary violations and stuff like that, where I don't know, we give more 
I'm kind of torn by this question whether you know whether we give more voice or more trust and more space for people who have been harmed um, and more support or whether if you're saying if I have a wish to erase the you know them the any sort of like boundary violations ever occurring yeah but then maybe that's <laughs> maybe it's this uh me being my human my um not human is it where I'm so realistic like I you know I can't have that wishful thinking because I, you know, I'm so... I did say magically change it so <laughs> yes yeah. you're all right but even when you say that I'm like so kind of like my mind is like ah magic doesn't not magic doesn't <laughs> exist but it's like it refuses to even like um you know be able to wish in like a you know a paradise or in a you know um which as I said I'm very pessimistic <laughs> So, and I have a lot of work, self-work to do around that. I feel like you have both, though. I feel like <laughs> your magic thing is there's always clear consent on a, on porn yeah. sets. No one's consent ever gets violated. Yeah. That's that's great. That's possible. Yeah. And then your realistic one is like more resources and victims are more yeah. of a and <laughs> these things can be brought up. Thank you. Hey, yes. you did it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I've thank love talking to you on this podcast for so long I feel like we went through so many like really important topics so thanks so much thank you so much for inviting me and yeah it's always amazing chatting with you and yeah seeing you and uh yeah thank you likewise